Welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of Monster, Dear Monster, a multimedia monster podcast. I'm your host for this evening, Cameron, and I'm joined, as always, by my esteemed colleagues, Dave and Leonard. Dave, how are you this evening? I'm doing all right. It is warm and toasty here, but not outside. <laughs> and Leonard, what about you? Uh, it is uh, gray uh, and unpleasant outside, but I do have the apartment to myself, so I am fine. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. It is hot and humid here, which, I mean, it is summer. I guess that's allowed, but... I do miss it being cooler earlier in the week when we had a once in a decade flood. So, you know, yeah, Australia. Um, <laughs> uh, this episode, we are going to be talking about two uh, quite popular, some would call them cult classic movies. And our theme tonight is the blob movie, which not the movie, the blob, but the blob theme of movies, you know, the, the slime monsters from outer space or deep under the earth or wherever they may be from. Uh, and we'll be covering two films. Uh, we'll be covering, covering Larry Cohen's The Stuff from 1985. <laughs> and then we'll be moving on to the 1988 remake of The Blob. Um, so we're going to kick it off with The Stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this was my first time watching this movie. And... Uh, you're contractually yeah. obligated to say the stuff every time. <laughs> yeah. I was, this is my first time watching the stuff. Um, and it was, it was uh, not what I expected, uh, but <laughs> I, I did quite enjoy it. Um, so this is, a, this is a highly, highly satirical film. Um, <laughs> satirical science fiction horror um, about a sweet and addictive alien substance that becomes a popular dessert in the United States. Uh, <laughs> is, is it an alien substance? Because throughout the entire film, they're just like, it's just coming from the Earth. It feels alien. Like, but you you could be entirely right. That is true. It's just bubbling up. Yeah, just... just uh, uh, God, I mean, I, I know it was the basis of the entire of human history, but uh, the man who saw a strange substance on the ground and decided to put it in his mouth was... <laughs> Both very brave and very stupid. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 all right. I, I, I do, I do just have to get this out of the way for for yeah. the viewers and the audience because I Go am going it. to have, I'm going to have very strong opinions on the stuff, um, which is, um, uh, I, I watched it after watching the Blob. Um, mm. That was your mistake. Uh, oh, yeah, that was uh, uh, this. This is a film that I I hadn't watched before, but I've been aware of for for years. So I mm. knew all the plot points and beats and everything, but I just had never sat down to to watch it. And like from moment one, I'm just like, uh, is it okay? Is this is this supposed to be satire? Because it's just like. <laughs> An old man that looks and is like, hey, is that marshmallow fluff? <laughs> yeah, it's delicious marshmallow fluff just bubbling out of the ground. <laughs> yep. And and then I'm just like, okay, this feels like satire, but I know this is supposed to be like a gross horror movie. And so mm. 
I spent the entire film being like, well, the satire is is so broad and in your face, like <laughs> like the the only thing, the only part of the parts of the movie that I actually thought were well made were the commercials. <laughs> <laughs> um and then the horror stuff, because there's so much tonal dissonance between the satire and the horror that I'm just like I don't know if this horror stuff is actually horrific even. Mm, I, yeah. I, 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 it's, there's so much tonal whiplash. And also, like, it feels like all of the scene transitional connective tissue that would normally exist in a movie like this just doesn't. And it's like, and now we're here. Yeah. And yeah. you're just supposed to to get what's going on and what these people's relationships are now mm, um yeah <laughs> um yeah absolutely uh apparently a lot of that transitional stuff was cut for time and pacing um which means it feels really disjointed at points <laughs> in the movie <laughs> yeah especially when when you're so we're following two stories right Camden? yes 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 uh we have the story of industrial saboteur david Mo Rutherford, who has been hired by Big Ice Cream to take out their new competitor on the market, which is the stuff. And we also have the the tale of uh, Jason, a young boy who hates that his family loves the stuff. So, so I <laughs> I will say that of the satire, the the evil cabal of ice cream makers was probably the only thing that. <laughs> really worked for me in this entire yeah. film like i yeah. was just like oh that's actually funny because they're mm. like on a yacht drinking champagne and it's a bunch of stuffy old men with mustaches and i'm like oh this is like you'd expect to be like big crude or oh mm. let's shut down those wind farms but no it's like ah they're taking all of our ice cream customers and i'm like okay <laughs> this 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 hey, ice cream is a serious business. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> and and there's um, been more more a more share of the industrial mishaps over the last few years. Wow, yeah, in the ice cream industry. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like we got to do a recall. Yeah, don't eat those. There's metal in it. Oh god, there's metal in a lot of things. Oh, uh, yeah, it's always showing up here and there. Um, but yeah, the, the cabal of the big ice cream heads is very amusing to me. Um, <laughs> and it, it's, it's a good introduction to, uh, Mo Rutherford, uh, one of our major protagonists who is just a real weird guy, um, walking into big ice cream cabal and shaking everyone's hand and going, Oh, sweaty hands. Another sweaty hand. Um, try uh, Played by actor uh, Michael Moriarty, who <laughs> yeah. uh, some might know as like one of the original prosecutors from Law and Order back in the eighties when that show mm. first premiered. Which I only know because I used to watch Law and Order, and I'm I'm fifty five thousand years old. So yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, the, the end result is um. Mo here, his, his friends call him Mo because every time you give him money, he wants Mo. Um, has yeah. been, yeah, has been uh taken on by the cabal to take out 
the stuff. Um, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> just, just, just so stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, and uh, you know, you got to go. Why is the stuff so popular? Well, first, it's highly addictive. But second, it has incredible advertising. Um, this, as the letter said, the av- the advertising in this is actually kind of really good because it feels perfect for the setting and era. Yes. And is actually kind of catchy. Like, <laughs> I'm still in the back of my head going, you know, enough is never enough of stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it, that, all the advertising stuff is There's a reason why awful. those ads work. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. So um, we we get to see uh, Rutherford being his uh, interesting sleazebag self, uh, shutting down an entire advertising shoot uh, to have a conversation with the uh, ad executive. Uh, I believe her name is Nicole. Uh, and you know, uh, you know, leading her along with the promise that oh, he works for big oil and wants to buy your entire agency and put you in charge because you did such a good job with the stuff. You can surely help our oil company sell itself as an environmentally friendly, like friend of the people operation. <laughs> um. So I, I I I do have to take a moment here because mm. this uh, this scene caused me to pause the mo- movie for five minutes out of sheer horror when uh, Mo crossed his leg. And I saw that he was wearing slacks and cowboy boots. Yep. And I was not ready for it. And it was very upsetting to me. Um, so this, this man has the, no the, root, the root of the problem was the fashion. It, or I, lack thereof. It's just because it's just because I hadn't noticed it before, and this is like not the last time that you realize that he just wears cowboy boots all the time. But but I was mm. very upset when like he crossed his legs, and I was just like, "Is he is he wearing like gray slacks and like a a tan like caramel mm. tan cowboy boot?" And I was like, "I can't, I can't with this movie. This movie's <laughs> already on thin ice with me." And I can't with with this already. Also, he has a, a southern accent that puts uh, Daniel Craig from Knives Out accent to shame. <laughs> um, it yeah. is, it is, it is, um, it is atrocious and kind of amazing. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, they, they hit it off pretty well. Uh, they do some very inconspicuous, totally not noticeable flirting by comparing limousine sizes. Uh, yeah. God. Uh, absolutely awful. Um, uh, and uh, so we, we get, you know, Mo through this lead sort of beginning to chase down the origins of the stuff because the ice cream companies primarily want to know how to make it so they can uh, improve on it and make their own version, clearly. Uh, and he, he tracks it down to this this tiny little, you know, Midwest, absolutely nothing town, stops for gas. You know, there's a couple of people around. There's the guy who runs the general store. There's the guy who runs the gas station. They're both very suspicious. Uh, and the only other person in town is Chocolate Chip Charlie, the chocolate chip cookie mogul, who is a One Piece character. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, uh, yes, um, a, a black man in a straw hat and more casual clothing who believes in his iron fist above all else is, and is apparently a former uh, dessert billionaire. Yes. <laughs> whose who's, who's empire was bought out from under him by the the makers of the stuff. The stuff, uh, yes. Which, once again, <laughs> like, why why even, if you're not going to integrate it into your product, like, why yeah. even? I mean, we are, we have that. Why why would you not make a chocolate chip stuff cookie? Yeah. Mm. Sandwich. Yeah. We know the stuff fits inside things. <laughs> Anything, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, they, uh, they, they decide to work together after a brief uh, hostile confrontation um, and start investigating this little town by interrogating the uh, the guy who runs the general store and he seems very uncomfortable with them asking questions he, he just tells them to go away several times and then uh, then just leaves to a back room after you know it sounds like maybe there's some intestinal distress going on uh, but in reality the stuff is giving up on this one and is leaving for better climbs yeah <laughs> and 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 then and then immediately afterwards we get the like most visually con- confusing scene in this entire movie where mm-hmm. chocolate chip charlie uh uh breaks through with his iron fist breaks through the door and opens it into the back room which i was oh, expecting God, to yes. be a bathroom yeah. and they they look up at what looks like an addict, but Mm. the guy is maybe on the floor. I was, I I was, I was, I was so upset. I rewound (laughs) just to, just to make sure that I wasn't going crazy. And I'm like, none of, none of your eyelines make any sense. I don't know where anything is in this space. I am so upset with you movie. You are failing at the language of storytelling (laughs) right now. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a few awkward shots, but this is definitely the most terrible and awkward. I was it also I really was, threw me off. I was re- I was so upset I couldn't <laughs> deal with it. Um, but yeah, the the stuff has made it its, its, its escape, uh, leaving the hollow shell of a man behind with it with his jaw sort of horrifically distended beyond all human capabilities. Um. <laughs> But was Ugh. he a hollow shell? Because then he just wakes up and he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know Ugh. how the mechanics of this... Of, I don't know how the mechanics of the stuff work. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little unclear. There's There's like a critical mass of stuff that needs to be consumed, I think, but it's not very clear what that, that point is. Um... It has to be quite a lot, because people yeah. are consuming this by the pint. Mm, yeah, yeah, that is a, a a lot of this satire is like you know gross consumerism and the imagery of a couple dozen empty, broken the stuff uh, cartons lying around an area is usually an indication that something is about to go bad. <laughs> yes. Or people like yeah. they're, they're just yanking it off the shelf and just eating mm. it in the grocery. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't even think it was yeah. in the freezer sack. I think it's just on the shelf. No. Oh, oh, they, oh, 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 I have things to say about this. It doesn't, it apparently doesn't need to be refrigerated, even though it's most commonly seen in refrigerators. But no, it was in a refrigerated section. It was in a freezer section and it was just out. Yeah. In, in the display. In the aisle, yeah. Every aisle. Yeah. I, oh, 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 movie. Oh, movie! I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. Movie. <laughs> listen, listen, you gotta, you gotta cater to people who like different temperature stuff. Some yes. people like the stuff cold, and some people like the stuff hot. I don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe. I don't believe that. I think people <laughs> just want the stuff because there was because later there is literally just a cop eating stuff off of a dirt gravel road. No one actually cares about how the stuff yeah. is. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but or the uh, or but the anyway. man who just slurps yeah. it from the ground hole. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't like that. <laughs> Um, but yes, anyway, uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie and Mo uh, make their escape from this small town, pursued by several body puppets. Um, yeah. And the practical effects in this film are not bad at all, um, and the stuff clearly eventually does do horrific things to the body, because Chocolate Chip Charlie punches a man in the face and just clean knocks half his face off. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, once again, leads me to like, okay, so like what's the deal with that guy that was running the store then because he got up and he seemed just fine is he just hollow (laughs) is he actually just hollow and just just a puppet now yeah uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a little inconsistent but uh they they make it away on a boat then somehow end up in a roadside diner where they part ways (laughs) (laughs) again transitional scenes are not a thing here yep (laughs) uh meanwhile across the other side of the u.s well not quite the other side it's never really specified where uh we get the tale of jason uh a young boy who wants nothing more than to have a snack at 4 a.m uh (laughs) and alas his father believes this is this is a this is a cause for punishment I feel he is. I feel he's uh, unjustifiably persecuted personally, um, but you know, uh, the st- he sees the stuff moving in the fridge. Uh, the, it has knocked itself over and is like crawling around in there. Uh, he freaks out. Obviously, tries to tell his dad, who does not believe him. Closes the fridge door with like, with with like a liquidy dessert just lying on its side on a yeah. rack in the fridge. Or like, what the. Ooh. And then, and then we see why, because he then immediately reopens the fridge and starts eating the stuff, because of course he does. It's the stuff, um, and uh, it, it's not a hey. I'm just saying it's marketed as a dessert. You should not be able to eat it for breakfast or as a reward for eating your cereal. <laughs> don't do that. That's that's not healthy. I don't care how many how little calories they say it has. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those are their negative calories. It Apparently, gets rid, it yeah. gets rid of calories for you. Yeah, just being on the all stuff diet and lost five pounds just this week. Yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Jason Jason uh, goes on a real 
on a real bit of a rampage here when uh, his family tries to get him to try the stuff. He's already told them many times he doesn't want it. It's gross. Look at it. It it does just kind of look like wall filler if it was a little more liquidy. I kind of get where he's coming from. J- um, J- Jason goes full <laughs> troll too. Like the minute he sees the the stuff move just a little, he is like mm. Nilbog, Nilbog, Goblin spe- spelled backwards. Don't eat it. No vegetables. No stuff. Yep, yep. It, it, hey. It's a it's a totally fair point. You, yeah, you, you, you yeah. get this kid. He's the only part I remembered about the movie. If I'm being honest, That's fair. That's fair. well, because he has he has a, a Citizen Kane style freak out in the grocery <laughs> store, which yeah, which I have to say, um, it, like I saw that that the inside of that grocery store, and I was like instantly ate again, and I was like, this is every grocery store that I've ever been in, <laughs> uh, up up until like nineteen. 99 this is what grocery i'm just like this i remember this is what grocery stores used to look like (laughs) fair enough yeah uh he he goes on an absolute rager he smashes the refrigerated section display he gets a broom and just kind of (laughs) pulls it along a line of carefully set up cartons of the stuff until it felt yeah. like it felt like the Veruca Salt song from yes. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's got that same kind of a uh, flair to it. Yeah, um, there's a lot of energy Veruca Salt yeah. energy in this rampage. Yeah. And then, uh, then there are of course the two hardworking retail employees who honestly don't deserve any of this, uh, who are sitting in front of their clearly recently finished big wall of the stuff. Uh, and they just see the kid coming with the broom. They're like, "Oh God, not again!" <laughs> uh, yeah, it it is a perfect scene of carnage. Uh, he is arrested, of course, for vandalism and destruction of property. Yep, and grounded for life. Quote, end quote. Um, or at the very least, until he learns to be a part of the family again, which means eating the stuff. Can't can't you just like it like a normal boy, like your stuff? And I've got, I can only assume that the actor playing Jason's older brother has to be like his real life brother because those yeah. kids look exactly the same and have exactly the same kind of pale blue eye color, which mm. is super distinctive. And like, <laughs> I was like, well, man, are you sure that like this kid's not going to be like the mastermind behind the stuff? Because those eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is um, in fact his brother yeah. <laughs> right oh well there we go perfect yeah oh it is uh, oh yeah great. It, it is <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah uh he he's on complete lockdown as it were until he gives in um but he has a cunning plan he goes and retrieves a carton of stuff from the fridge and takes it upstairs to eat it uh, and it said, goes to the bathroom and pours it down the toilet uh it promptly begins escaping which is the most uncomfortable thing. It's like someone did an elephant's toothpaste experiment in a U-bend. Uh, I, 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 I actually really like that effect because I was looking at it and I'm like, it looks like what they did was they flipped the toilet bowl, like uh, put mm. like a, a, a stand mixer with like yeah. uh, with a dough hook in the bottom <laughs> of that toilet and then just turned it on and just had dough. 
flailing around in the toilet bowl. And I'm like, yeah, that's actually a neat effect. I kind of dig that. Mm. Yeah. Um, And he he manages to flush it away and then refills the container of the stuff with shaving cream and then begins eating shaving cream merrily. And not his vomiting. Family that he's normal. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he he puts on a very brave face here, uh, but he it, makes a crucial slip. He tells his family he wants to deal with this one first, and then maybe if he's hungry again later, he'll have some more stuff. But you know, enough is never enough of the stuff. <laughs> once again, once again, I'm like, yeah. all right. Well, they just told you to go up to your room until you finish it. And I'm like, okay, so they didn't hear you flush the toilet or the stuff attack in the toilet, which seems weird uh, for, for <laughs> as somebody that's lived in a two, two-story house mm. at one point, I can hear when somebody flushes a toilet <laughs> anywhere in a two-story house. Um, oh, yeah. And then, and then he, like instead of just filling it up with shaving cream and going back to his room and, you know, mm. disposing of it there and being like, yay, I, I'm good now. It's, mm. it's just like, I'm going to go down and make a big show of it and eat this caustic chemical in front of my parents. <laughs> yep. Yep. Still better yeah, than so, the uh, stuff. <laughs> still better than the stuff. I can't blame him. Um, but yeah, he, he slips up. They're onto him. Uh, Interesting enough, they have to taste it themselves first. So, like, the stuff is not all-knowing. Yeah, it, no. it's like... No, no. It's it, not it It's not, not a hive powerful. mind. No, it's just incredibly addictive and parasitic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the family bolts after him as he just legs it out of the house uh, and is, coincidentally, uh, Mo Rutherford had heard about this kid causing some trouble for the stuff. I decided to go pick him up. Voila. Um, now, these timelines are confusing and conflicting, and so in between this, uh, Mo and Nicole... Uh, was that that? Were they, uh, were, were they set up in the motel before or after this? Oh, God. It's, it's, it's after. Um, it's after? Oh, thank Mo, God. Mo had, okay. Mo had told Nicole to wait at the airport for the private yeah. jet because Mo just has money uh, from mm. Big Ice Cream. Um, yes. And then he also has uh, uh, even more money from evil cabal head guy who doesn't actually eat it. Um, yeah. <laughs> because there's a whole discussion. Like, the, like the villain, like, he, he can't even call him the villain. He's just kind of like, like the guy running distribution. It's yeah. just like, ha yeah. you, you won't stop us, and I'm going to tell you everything about the stuff except for what the stuff actually is. And, and then I'm going to give you a bunch of money because I want you <laughs> to work for me now. And I'm just like, what? Look, money talks. Yep. Yeah, um, a $25,000 advance. So, so, so here's, but here's my other big problem with that is like the scene right before that is, is, uh, 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 the stuff cabal trying to assassinate Mo by hitting him mm. with a, a stuff branded van. And I'm like, yeah. well, if you're just going to transition to him having this conversation with this guy, 
they should have just kidnapped him and taken him to the guy if he was just trying to reveal <laughs> his entire plan. I'm like, oh, movie, why? Why you? Why yeah. you hurt me like this? <laughs> I, I think quite a bit of this is in the editing. Yo! It's just from, like, they had to chop out so much of the story. Of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the producer just wanted a horror film, and he's like, I'm trying to give a message here. And like, okay, I'll have to dumb it down. Yep. <laughs> gotta fit it in, gotta fit it in, like, what is this, 90 minutes? It's not even 90 minutes. Yeah. It's eight, yeah. Eight, 87 minutes, 80. and that's probably yeah. with credits. <laughs> God. Um... But yeah, uh, so he he grabs Jason, heads to the airport with um with where Nicole is waiting for them in a small personal jet, uh, and they take off to Midland, Georgia, home of the stuff, um, mm-hmm. using Nicole's influence to get them like an interior uh, an interior look into the uh, factory producing the stuff on the uh, under the guise of oh, well, we're, we're the advertising team, so we just want to get to know the product better so we can really sell it more. Um, which, to be fair, smart and reasonable move in that position. Yep, and nobody's suspicious about the fact that this stuff plant is in a rock quarry. Um, nope. <laughs> Nothing suspicious there at all. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so um, meanwhile, Jason passes out on the flight. He's a kid. It's been a big day. Uh, so Mo and Nicole go on without him and tell the pilot, hey, if we're not back in like three hours, just take the kid to the Savannah airport. Yep. Um, and wait fine. for further instructions. Yeah. Which, once yeah. again, I'm like, if they don't come back in three hours, they're probably dead. So you're just abandoning that kid yeah. in Savannah. Also, how much goddamn money is Mo paying this pilot that he's just like, yeah, cool. You gave me a, what is this, a 13-year-old boy? And you're saying, oh, if we're not back soon, just take him here and wait for my orders. I'm like, what? What kind of weird shit are you doing? They, 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 it's, it's like it's. I, I swear, with if if you were we were to add up the money that he gets from Big Ice Cream and stuff, man, um, <laughs> like he's blown through all of that. Like, oh yeah, like five days ago. <laughs> And I'm just like, okay, he just gets to do whatever he wants because the audience is just supposed uh, is just expected to believe that he's just got endless bucks. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, I guess. Um, so yeah, they they leave the uh, they leave Jason in the care of a complete stranger, uh, and they head off for a quick tour, guided, of course, of the stuff factory. Um, all the workers here are dressed more or less identically in bright yellow overalls, uh, some of them with yellow caps, and we see the stuff is just kind of, you know, they just have it in a mixer and they box it up and ship it off, and the only issue is, you know, sometimes the employees try and eat it, which is fair, it is the stuff. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, it's like... Well, where where is it actually mixed? I'm just like, oh, jeez, <laughs> that that accent really <laughs> was just like, get, like mm. getting to be a bit much. But it's like, where where is it mixed? And uh, snapping photos, even though somebody tells him do not snap photos. Uh, yeah. And oh uh, man, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's isn't it weird that it's in a rock quarry? 
isn't it weird <laughs> that it just looks like they're just, it like it looks like a front like it just mm. looks oh, yeah. like a front like <laughs> nothing's being produced it's just <laughs> mixers and it, uh, it 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 is like like uh, it's like a wonka-esque like front <laughs> factory <laughs> facade it's yeah just, it's just slurm yeah oh god well, you know, I, th- th- there was a part of me that was like, oh, man, I-, I I hope that there is, like, some, like, disgusting, like, slurm twist to it. <laughs> Grotesque no. beast. Yeah. yeah. Out. Man, I feel that like... That would be interesting. <laughs> I feel like if, 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 like, adapting and, like, playing around with Lovecraft works was more in vogue at the time if that had been an influence on this film, like, you mm. you know, there's a lot of Monday quarterbacking I could do about this oh, movie. Yeah. But yeah. like, I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, ah, oh, man, if you just tweak this and you add a little, you add a little Eldritch nonsense here, I'm like, this could be like an actual, like, really interesting satirical mm. um, yeah. uh, horror, body horror <laughs> film. Yeah. Oh, you know, we just unearthed a deep one, and people really like the taste of its slime. So yeah. here we go. <laughs> just, just skimming, skimming the mucus off of old Cthulhu. Uh. Well, they only had a one point seven million dollar budget, so this was yeah, okay. a baby. Couldn't film. do anything too crazy. No. Yeah. You spend um, that just on the private jet. Oh, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, yeah. So um. Uh, Mo and Nicole start heading back to the motel that's been assigned to them for their stay. They'll have a more in-depth look tomorrow, apparently. Um, meanwhile, the stuff attacks the, attacks the plane and the uh, both the pilot and Jason. Um, is it? Is it? God, is it the guy who ran the gas station? It is up again. Yeah, it is. Good. I thought I recognized that <laughs> terrible face. Yep, it sure is. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he shows up. We get a little bit of bit of a slime horror, uh, you know, someone getting ganked by it, and Jason escapes out the back of the plane and just walks right to the rock quarry where they produce the stuff somehow. Yeah, yeah. You know, after just after, a quick trip after, through the wilderness, after traveling through like the wilderness and an underground cave, and then ends up at the rock quarry, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm done questioning how anyone transitions from place to place in this film now. <laughs> yeah um so yeah J- jason goes to investigate all that they're getting these big empty tankers in to transport more of the stuff uh and jason accidentally gets himself locked in one while overhearing you know just the general plans for moving it tonight because there's a there's a big there's a big bunch of stuff coming down tonight <laughs> Yeah, it's been coming. It it comes down at, at it's been coming down at sunset like for the last couple of days. I'm like, man, that's that's weird. That's weird background <laughs> information that is completely unimportant. But thanks for <laughs> thanks for the exposition on when the stuff arrives. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, <laughs> Mo and Nicole check into their motel room. Uh, at some point, it was cut out but like at some point they have transitioned from people who met each other under false pretenses to partners uh yeah, in the romantic sense yeah now they're a couple 
no idea where that happened, but hey, sure. Um, <laughs> she also got told about the stuff at some point during this, and we just have knowledge of it in pri- uh, scenes after that, where she's like, man, I feel so guilty about marketing this stuff. It's like, did anyone tell you about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a bit of a mess. Uh, but this motel scene is pretty great, because, <laughs> you know, they, they fall asleep in their motel, um, and the stuff just starts oozing out of their pillows. Yeah, because assassination bed. Yeah. They yeah, they, a... <laughs> they 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 created a stuff assassination bed specifically yep. for so see so it's stuff like this. There was also I, I don't know uh what uh everyone's familiarity with Halloween three, the one that doesn't have Michael Myers in it mm-hmm. uh is, but man, this like this sequence here felt like the factory and this sequence felt like it fell straight from Halloween 3 because <laughs> it is like that movie's nuts and we should actually probably cover it at some point um, mm. but, but like boy I was just like this is goofy like it's fun <laughs> like the effect is really good and it's kind of like it's super like it's 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 a little tense um, mm. but man it was it, it was a a real goofy ones, especially when it it globbed onto most <laughs> yeah it's just like a latex face mask just slapped on there pretty clearly uh but yeah it, it, it's a pretty fun scene um and they they discover that the easiest way to deal with the stuff is to just light it on fire uh so nicole proceeds to light mo's face on fire yep and half of the <laughs> and half of the the hotel room motel room Oh yeah, gotta go up with that. Um, the the motel owner busts in at this point. And is like, I'll kill you, uh, and is promptly, promptly like sprayed up against a wall by more assassin stuff from inside the bed. Yeah, that and that he leads with, and like I was trying, I was trying to stop them, and I'm like, is it intelligent or not? What can it be reasoned with? I. Mm. <laughs> He thinks it's intelligent, but it's not actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. That's better. That's fine. I can live yeah. with that. He's like, well, it moves. It's in control of everyone. It's got to be intelligent, right? He's like, no, it's just the stuff. It doesn't actually know what it's doing. You're, you're the ones trying to make it into God or whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> trying to worship it. Well, we will yeah. we, we'll make that connective tissue later on. Hmm. <laughs> um but yeah uh, the the stuff assassination fails fortunately for our heroes uh and they decide you know what now's as good a time as any to go investigate where the stuff's really coming from and back to the quarry we go man it's been a while since that old man just leaned down picked some marshmallow off the ground and went hmm that's some good stuff uh, <laughs> we have a we have a whole operation now there is a lake of stuff which is at several points sort of rising up into, I would not say a humanoid shape, but like clearly a shape that appears to be like looking around. Yeah, it's taking in the environment. It feels like fungal, like a slime mold, which I actually Mm. thought was pretty cool. Like I actually did like the the little polyps that that the lake of stuff Mm. produced. I thought that was like, oh man, that's there we go. That's creepy and unsettling. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's what I've been looking for. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I think if this was redone with, like, the veiny slime that a slime mold actually is, that might actually bring a little something to it, but then it wouldn't be the stuff, I guess. It wouldn't so, be marshmallow I, I, fluff I, adjacent. Yeah. I, 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 like the, I, I like the idea of it can just camouflage itself as this, like, benign mm. white fluff dessert, but, like, like, the minute you set it on fire, <laughs> it just reverts to its super gross slime mold appearance yeah yeah that would be that would be even better and then have someone that has been eating it and just go like no (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) all right now my memory of this sequence is somewhat jumbled because there's a lot going on we have jason inside the tanker with the stuff being pumped in who 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 sat in who sat in a metal tanker drum for hours in the mm. Georgia sun and didn't die? Um, uh, <laughs> in a yes, in a in a sealed airtight container and didn't mm-hmm. die. Uh, and yep. who is now and is now being flooded with the stuff? Uh, Mo has left uh, uh, Andrea. Uh, behind, overlooking the rock face, he has a bunch of uh, C4 anklets <laughs> yep. that he plants around the rock quarry. Um, and then he also stole a um, uh, worker uniform while he was on the tour. Mm, yeah, <laughs> um, somehow. Uh, he tells Andrea to go back to the pickup truck that they stole from the motel, and then he proceeds to infiltrate <laughs> the 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 stuff pumping operation, uh, only to hear Jason within the tanker that is currently being filled. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Cameron. I I just I just watched it. I've got yeah. you on the details cool. of sequences like this. Good because I watched this and then I watched the blob, so the blob <laughs> is sticking in my memory much better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so obviously he has to rescue the child. He has so recklessly endangered. Um. It is revealed. Uh, they hijack the stuff truck. Yep. Um, you know, drive off with it. Um, Nicole, waiting by the pickup truck, is assaulted by uh, the same old gas station man here in a worker uniform. And the truck just runs him the hell over. It's actually kind of disgusting. <laughs> yeah. He's like one of those... He's like one of those... Uh, those hollow like Easter chocolate mm. bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try to ruin Easter and Cadbury anything for everyone from now yeah, on. That's 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 that, well that's yes. Some of those th- some of those things should never exist. <laughs> yeah. Um so the gang's all here. They make off in the the stuff company truck, only to be flagged down by a passing cop for having the tailpipe loose. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Who then immediately recognizes they should not be driving this vehicle, um, you know, pulls them out at gunpoint, at which point uh, Jason and Nicole uh, mime addiction to the stuff, which is spilling out onto the road um, in order to tempt the cop over to eat stuff straight off the 
straight off that dirt road. <laughs> Ugh, God, I mean, I know you mentioned it earlier, but ooh, it's unsanitary. Uh, and and and, th- and and then Mo Austin Power Judo chops him into mm, unconsciousness. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Oh my God. Uh. Yeah. But uh. Hey, listen. This is a big operation. They got to take down. They can't yeah. do it with just three of them. Where else can you turn? But to your friendly neighborhood local right wing militia. <laughs> once again, and once again, once again, this is this is a huge failure of editing because the scene literally before that is like Jason, mm. Jason and Andrea, like where where do we go? And he's Lamo's like, we can't do any small towns because you know they could easily mm. control them. We got to go to a big city, and then they drive up to like the middle of nowhere where there's a castle and i'm just like what, <laughs> what? I, that was just that middle america this is the biggest city yeah, yeah apparently <laughs> yeah probably i was so, i was so upset i'm so upset i'm like you literally you didn't you could have cut the big city part out <laughs> you could have yeah. adr'd i've got a friend but no, you leave that in, and then we're in the middle of a field with like a Bastille Tower at, yeah. the, at its terminus, and I'm like, I'm so upset with you, movie. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> uh, yeah, terrible editing aside, I actually really like a lot of the stuff with the militia, just because a lot of it is way more hard cutting than the rest of the movie. Like, it's it's so. You know, then, mm. Uh, oh, I was just gonna say it's so weird because like uh, it, the militia stuff is super satirical, but it's mm. not delivered in a way that feels like it's supposed to be funny. Like it's played so straight that mm. even when even when the general who is played by uh, Paul Servino, um, <laughs> uh, uh, it makes a joke, and I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be a joke. I'm just like, but. No, it's it, but that wasn't funny because it wasn't delivered like. A joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but yes, yes, you gotta you gotta turn to your local right wing militia to really uh take care of all this. Clearly, uh, appraise them the situation because you know, listen, there's no greater danger to America than communism. Yep, <laughs> and I'm telling you, buddy. Communism has infiltrated America through the food industry. <laughs> they're putting, they're putting that, they're putting drugs in the stuff, drugs to make you communistic. Yeah, if you care about social programs and love Stalin. <laughs> um, God, I mean, like, it, yeah, it, it's it's just extremely funny to me. Um, <laughs> and then we we get we get all the stuff like uh, you know, the militia they own a few radio stations and all that kind of thing. So like they're setting this up. But first, let's take out the stuff uh, production facility. Uh, we just have a right wing militia ambushing essentially a bunch of factory workers. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yep, uh, you know, like, one of them gets shot and just white gunk goes everywhere. It's like, well, I like blood, but this is, frankly, pretty disgusting. I'm like, Jesus, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we, get it. we get it, they're an unhinged militia. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, uh, you know, there's, there's the mysterious voice on the uh, loudspeaker going, you know, we've got intruders, don't resist, just follow the plans for an emergency. You're like, okay, yeah. 
sounds like what would happen at a factory if a bunch of armed people burst in all of a sudden. Uh, but essentially, the plan is, okay, everyone, uh, off yourself, uh, commit suicide so that the stuff will be free to take care of the intruders on its own. Because uh, not only are you workers, you're a handy store of stuff with which to defend the stuff. Ironically <laughs> <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's some fun stuff here, like a way literal waves of stuff bursting out of the building at points and things like that. <laughs> uh, my 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 favorite part is after this entire sequence is is done and the tidal wave of stuff has burst out of the building. They literally just say, "Okay, we're done here." Even though mm. there's a pile of it, just like chilling and we all yeah. know that it's dangerous and we should probably all <laughs> set it on fire and keep setting it on fire and, and, nah, and fine. set it on fire even more <laughs> after we've set it on fire but no we've got a we've got a broadcast to, to oh do. yeah yeah we we got to get going you know we got to fly over to this town um we are going to take over this town uh whenever the militia is doing stuff there's this super i would say ironically patriotic music playing like it feels feels like something you get in like a fluffy propaganda war movie, um, and this music plays to a small fleet of yellow cabs, each one like a little clown car f- filled with soldiers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just bursting onto the streets of this quiet little Midwest town, um, and you know taking over this radio station that they presumably own. They say they own it. Uh, the people inside seem to believe they own it. They own um, it now. They own it now. <laughs> uh, and they they are preparing a broadcast to warn America of the terrible, terrible uh, threat that is posed by the stuff. Um, and hey, guess who? Guess who finally shows up again? It's Chocolate Chip Charlie, everyone's favorite character. Yep. Unless you're part of the militia, in which case you are a terrible racist, and he is not your favorite character. Ah, wow, that one was. Yeah, that was weird. Um, and once again, uh, l- like I said, that feels like like it's supposed to be satire, but it mm. it its delivery is so straight and deadpan that I'm like, oh wow, I think this is supposed to be satire, but this is just uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, might be the point that I might be trying to rub in, like, hey, we know the militia was heroic like five minutes ago. Remember, these are not good people yeah that that's also <laughs> another aspect of this i'm like are any of our like protagonists uh, aside from jason good people no everybody because <laughs> no absolutely not. The, from the from the outside every every like i keep looking at it kept looking at these people's actions from like the perspective of somebody who a wasn't addicted to the stuff and b was mm. just observing this i'm like Okay, so you kidnapped a child from his family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you've uh, you've been uh, you've stolen a bunch of money from people who are paying you. Like I'm just like okay, so no no heroes. Maybe Andrea because she feels bad about being about marketing the stuff. So Jason yeah. and Andrea are two moral moral yeah. centers in this. I mean, thing. like yeah, our, our four protagonists are an ex FBI agent dishonorably dismissed to become to become an industrial saboteur right uh and an advertising executive enough said 
<laughs> a 13-year-old child <laughs> and a former dessert magnet <laughs> like <laughs> just just fighting to get his money and his company back see it's, it's see, not it's not a merry cast <laughs> see when you but when you put a like that, I'm like, man, that could actually be really funny in like a horror comedy. <laughs> like mm, you, you, yeah. you name that cast, and I'm like, that sounds like a good, like a good set of people for a <laughs> horror comedy. Actually, mm, uh. <laughs> I could see it. Yeah, um, but but anyway, yeah, Charlie made it back. Yeah, they tried to get him a few times, but he he's got those iron fists, you know, very helpful against uh, non-Newtonian fluids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah anyway you know there's, there's a little there's a little bit of a tense standoff with the general who is convinced to let chocolate chip charlie speak uh on the ground that he is a massively famous former celebrity who's everyone loves his chocolate chip cookies who the thug um so uh charlie and nicole go to go to a production room to work over the finer parts of the script and he's like and she's like so you you're willing to testify to this like on air and he's like Oh yeah, man. I've seen what it does when it just cores someone out and leaves them hollow. She's like, "You what?" It's like, "Yeah, I've seen it. I'll show you how." Yeah. And yeah, uh, hey, practical effects are good. <laughs> Lots of fun. This yeah. Was, uh, genuinely disturbing. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's... Uh, ooh. it's probably the best effect of the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh yeah, like full full like throat expansion slash rupture style thing, leaning into like the entire jaw just distending into this massive oval shape with like the inside where you can see like his palate and the back of his throat are clearly like rotting away and then just these waves of stuff just come pouring out of him like Jesus. And you know, it literally tears him to pieces. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, they they put down this small stuff outbreak uh, with a little work, uh, and they finally broadcast their message. Uh, this crazy right wing militia sends out a radio message across three three channels, all across America, and uh, this being the the eighties. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This being the eighties, the American people respond and trust this person they've never heard of um and his message of hey that stuff is bad for you yep uh and, and yeah it's uh it's, it's kind of kind of an anticlimactic uh wrap-up of the overall story where it's just like yeah and so the american people listened and blew up a bunch of stuff stuff distribute stuff distribution centers and burned all the stuff and uh it was all just fine in the end you know that, it's that, all good that that is actually my favorite like i <laughs> i that it's one of the times that the editing like I, I consider it a bit of poor editing but it did get a laugh out of me where it's the mm. broadcast and then it just hard cuts to andrea on tv and so we did we solved yeah. the problem and yeah. everything <laughs> was fine and i'm like okay that's actually really funny like that's that, that's that's a that's a really funny bit of like and everybody worked together and the problem was solved and i'm like oh, okay yeah man, <laughs> this really is a movie I'm how like, idealistic oh, 
Yeah, I'm like, oh man, this is the this is the most scathing satire in the movie. <laughs> uh, um, but it's not it's not the true end of the story because the true criminals behind this, the CEOs, have not been brought to justice. Yes. Um, and so Mo shows up to uh, the the lead distributor of the stuff's head office mansion thing. Uh, and guess who's also there? It's the head of Big Ice Cream. They're yes. in on a new venture together called The Taste. It's 88% ice cream and 12% the stuff. Just that... enough so that it's addictive but not mind-controlling. It's like, are you sure? Have you tried it? It's like, no. <laughs> well, no, we ran tests on another little town like we did the last time with the stuff. Of course we know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So you'll eat it. Oh, oh no! No. Uh, yeah. So Mo, Mo is brought up, brought along two friends. One of which is Jason carrying a big box, and the other which is a pistol. Just a luger. He's just got a, a luger. luger. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he is ex FBI. <laughs> That's true. Yes, and he now you and, and now you've set him. Jason up as an accessory to murder. Oh, uh, I yeah, like that. Yeah. I like that they they actually address that. They're like, "Why would you do this in front of a child?" And he's like, "Well, his parents are dead, and his brother's dead, and you're the ones responsible for for that." So mm, you know, yeah. he's not really justice. a kid anymore. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. not really a kid anymore. This is kind of like this is kind of like um, <laughs> uh, Bruce Wayne <laughs> taking in Jason Todd, but yeah. not, but like. <laughs> heroic no yeah he's gonna raise him to be another industrial spy <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh man um yeah so uh, but the, the sequel hey. the stuff to oh my god it's just jason yeah, grown up he's like i've dealt with this before i've seen this <laughs> god, please. they have to get him out of prison they yeah they, yeah exactly. or, or he's in you know what he he's He's break. He has a big break with capitalism and oh. any mass communications. He's out. He's out in. He's a. He's in a cabin in the woods. Mm. You have to get. You have to get him. They have to go get him know. and bring him back uh, to deal with like, the stuff. Yeah, I, I like the prison idea simply because I can see a private prison company <laughs> using the stuff as cheap food for the prison population. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. God, hey, if hey, if we get a stuff too, I feel that could be a good premise for it. Anyone listening? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, hey, we're not we're not going to shoot two old men in front of a kid. No, we're going to force two old men to eat a literal entire tray worth of the stuff. Because hey, they never tried it themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's great that the big ice cream guy takes a single scoop and just goes, "Oh," and sort of like looks at the looks at the guy who distributed the stuff. It's like, yeah, this is pretty good actually. <laughs> and like, I'm just and, oh. and and with me, I'm just like, well, I know what this, I know what the stuff does to to a person. Yeah, Michael Moriarty, just just shoot me. I'd I'd actually mm. prefer that you just shoot me instead yeah. of making me eat that. I'd rather not be poured out from the inside, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like I'm like the end point is the same. I'm going to be dead. So just, just although they did they did Andrea was like and we managed to get help for the the people who weren't too far gone. And I'm like, oh, mm. oh okay. So I guess there's like I I guess there. Because the cops show up, 
like after they've eaten the tray as as our, our heroes with big air quotes scamper off <laughs> and i'm like okay i guess they could possibly treat them and then like put them in prison it died i yeah yeah i mean it seems like the average po- so this is a nationwide distribution thing and it's been going on for a long time they set up a factory and a company and ads and mm. so this has been like weeks months of this being out and people are still okay so how much of it do you have to eat like that's a, <laughs> a, a lot like a lot like your body weight <laughs> yeah. and stuff probably something like that yeah um and uh, a final little sting here is uh the stuff has made it onto the black market <laughs> as we see a shady white van come out with a bunch of cartons of the stuff and you know someone checks it for purity gives it a taste like yeah oh yeah that's the stuff yeah yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> just it's still out there um it seeps up from many other places under the earth and someone is still keeping a stock of it and distributing it because of course they are it's super addictive and everyone wants the stuff remember enough is never enough And that's the stuff. That's the stuff. <laughs> like it's not completely awful. It has it, it, many it flaws. I, 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 I'm, I'm a little tougher on it just because you know I, I spend so much time <laughs> dealing with the language of film and yeah and everything that I'm just ah uh, you're so close. You're so close to being something that would probably be really really good. Like really, like it, it's it's remembered, but it is very much a cult classic kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. And once again, once we get into the blob, like I really needed to watch this in the opposite order that that yeah. I did <laughs> because because yeah. it was yeah. because it I I I was like watching watching the. The blob. I was, I was like Icarus. I flew too close to the sun, <laughs> and when I reached the sun, it was a big stuff label, and I cracked <laughs> <Yeah>. her. <laughs> no, no goodness. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yes. Well, that was the stuff, and now we'll move on to 1988's The Blob. Uh <laughs> yeah, uh, so this is a 1988, basically a remake of a 1958 film of the same name. Uh, it was directed by Chuck Russell uh, and had a bunch of people starring in it. Some of them. Every, everybody's in this movie. Wonderful. Pretty much <laughs> everyone's in this movie. Uh, that's fair. And the screenplay was co written by Chuck Russell mm. and one Frank Darabond, who yes. people may know from uh, the good first season of The Walking Dead, uh, <laughs> The Mist, yep. um, and a whole bunch of uh, Stephen King adjacent things. That oh, guess what? There's also a bunch of Stephen King adjacent things in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I think di- didn't we cover The Mist a long time ago? I feel I like believe we did. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this this is the blob. Um, in terms of film, in terms of filmmaking quality and like artistry, it is n- in nearly every way the exact opposite of the stuff. <laughs> 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 um, I, 
Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it has foreshadowing and all kinds of wonderful narrative devices, and it has good shots, and it has nice lighting, and it <laughs> it makes sense. And good character a... interactions and dialogue, oh, yeah. and naturalistic dialogue, because mm. here's another thing that I didn't harp on with the stuff, which is there are th like three exposition dumps and they're all walk and talk exposition dumps where people yeah. just spew <laughs> information at one another so the audience knows it in yeah. the stuff and I'm just, oh man, but uh, the blob, all the dialogue was so natural and character <laughs> actions spoke to character motivations and oh, what a what a wonderful film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and has listen the the stuff was funny the blob has actual good humor yes like, there, there is a joke early on in this that is i i stopped the film and laughed pretty heartily <laughs> it was good um yeah uh so we're in the small little town of arbville california uh Typical, interesting small town. I like that the cemetery is right next to the stadium. Yep, <laughs> for the uh, for the college football or school football, I should, high school football, I should say. Um, it's this is so interesting. It, it's all it's all the small town dynamics, you know. Like, <laughs> it has a bluff that overlooks the town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's perfect uh, in every which way. Which and, I believe and... it is an actual town called Abbeville in Louisiana. Yes. Um, and, and something that I really liked about this, um, that isn't really explicitly brought up, like, it was like, oh man, it's like a town out of time, but it, this is clearly the eighties, but mm. there is still, but the town is so small and so like familiar, everyone's so familiar with everybody else that it feels like it's still like the 50s and 60s even though it is clearly the 80s yeah. it's the same it's the same with gremlins yes like that town i'd watched that recently it does not hold up well it's actually a terrible movie um <laughs> but but the town has that same feel where we're watching it going like what what, what is this set like it's very yeah. nebulous yeah. with like what it's a 50s feel, and then there's some mm. technology that we know this is the 80s, I guess. But right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, we start off with the football game, I believe. Yeah, that's yes. about right. Uh, yeah, we we have a we have a clear protagonist here. Uh, Paul, I think his name yes. was Paul Taylor. Paul Taylor. That was a, <laughs> the my star going... quarterback. <laughs> My brain wanted to say Paul Ryan, and I know that's definitely wrong. No. That, that is not correct. <laughs> um, but Paul may have made that mistake too. Yeah, not a protagonist. Yeah, well, yeah, um, yeah. The star quarterback that he is. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a high school football game. It is the talk of the entire town. Uh, you know, all the cheerleaders are watching. You got to do it for the game. Yada yada yada. Um, he gets completely tackled out through like a a, a, a oh, juice stand. Just, uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it's the Gatorade table. Gatorade table. I don't you know about American football? <laughs> oh, listen, all I know about American football is that you have to wear a lot of armor for something that has less contact than a lot of Australian sports. <laughs> <laughs> 
how can you be nimble on your feet? I don't get it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So he he gets tackled through the Gatorade stand. Um, and, you know, there's a lot, there's lots of little character things going on here. But you know, um, one of the cheerleaders runs over that he's expressed interest moment in moments before is like, I'm just waiting for the right time to ask you out. You know, and in the haze of concussion, just looks us like, you doing anything this evening? Yeah, I mean, and he, and he has a clear concussion. Like he's oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Bad. oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you should not this... play football in high school. It's not good. And for this you. is the uh, the introduction uh, introduction introduction. <laughs> I mean. Wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> introduction of 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 Meg Penny, who is yeah, best one of the best like female horror movie pro tags. Like, yeah, between ever. this and um Night of the Comet has another strong mm. yeah. lead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's really good. And she is actually our main lead. Yes. Uh, more or yeah. less. <laughs> it it doesn't feel like it the first it's it, part of why there's I really a lot going like on film. with what they yeah. do with the, the characters, which is good. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of a lot of subversion going on because th- this first like twenty minutes or so of the film really focuses in on Paul Yes. Uh, we we get a lot of fun stuff. Um, Post game, uh, he is with a friend who is a complete scumbag and whose name is I forgot. Was it Steve or something? I just I just call him Proto Quagmire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, date rapist McGee or whatever yeah. he is. Um, they they are at the they're at the drug drugstore and um, Proto Quagmire. Let's call him that. It's it's less of a mouthful wants to buy condoms with the excuse that they are for Paul. Uh, and this is the beginning of this beautiful joke that really got me at the start. Um, <laughs> which it is, you know, good. while he's buying, yeah, while he's buying them, the local vicar comes up and you know, is like, you haven't seen me with the Sunday services, yada, yada. The, the pharmacist just holds up normal or ribbed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> with both the condoms, like, uh, ribbed, I guess. It's like, they're not for me. They're for my friend. It's like, you, obviously using Paul as an excuse. And Paul is, I guess, being a good friend and playing along with this. He's like, you know... I well, think well, drag, pa- well Paul lent him the money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the $5 he needed. I, and I think Paul can't hear their conversation. No, he like, cannot. He's just... It's that hmm. It's that same thing with, like, Dumb and Dumber where someone's nodding <laughs> and it uh, becomes a joke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's like, going on with it you know i had to drag him down here to make sure that he at least used protection yeah so he's so irresponsible he's kind of so irresponsible yeah <laughs> and you know the father's just like you know boy doesn't need a condom he needs a muzzle etc um and then this leads into in like the next scene um yep. where paul goes to pick up uh meg from her parents place meets her mom very nice and uh, goes to meet her dad, who is hidden behind a newspaper, pulls it down. <laughs> it's the pharmacist. He looks at Paul and just says one thing. He just says, ribbed. ribbed. <laughs> it's, a really, it it's, so a really good. Good, it's a really good joke. It is a very good uh, setup and payoff. Um, yeah, yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> um, uh, and note, there is also another setup in the scene because mm. uh, Meg's brother and his annoying friend are planning yes. on going to, to the movies to see, like, Camp Slasher, like, six. Yeah. Which is yeah. just 
of course, your play. Yeah, your play on <laughs> on your yes, your Mike Myers, Jason Voorhees, uh, and uh, Meg's brother's jacket zipper gets stuck, um, mm. which doesn't seem like anything now, but oh, it'll it'll come back. Oh yeah, Chekhov and loves be- this film. And before that, we are actually given a, a another uh, setup uh, uh, <laughs> before the entire, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Paul thing. We're introduced to uh, uh, our our other protagonist, one Brian Flagg. The local yes. bad boy. The yes. local bad boy who is no, cosplaying uh, as um, Prince. <laughs> yeah. No relative to Randall Flagg. Uh, <laughs> he has the world's most glorious mullet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he he's the local outcast, and to be a local outcast in a small town is a terrible thing. Yes, um, and, and he's only least, seventeen still. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, uh, but at least he's got a good friend in the local mechanic uh, and the local mechanic's snowmaker engine. <laughs> yeah, sure. More importantly, uh, the the local mechanic's ratchet set because he wiped mm. out on his bike trying to make a sick jump. Oh, hey, a that's a jump. that's a twelve piece set. Better get all every one of those back. Yeah, how many Chekhov's guns have we hit? Is that like the fifth one now? Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. In fact, <laughs> and, and that's fine because as long as you're introducing these and they pay off, it is actually really mm. good. Yep. Yeah, and they they just keep paying off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, so we, we, we're getting, again, it's mostly set up for these characters. Um, it, also, during the sick jump, we're introduced to the person known only as the Can Man, who is a local hobo who collects rubbish in the wilderness around the town. Yeah, um, he doesn't show up in the stand either. No. <laughs> mm. Mysterious. Um, <laughs> he has basically zero dialogue, but I kind of love him. He's just yeah. perfect characterization for that archetype. Yeah. And he's such a nice guy. Like he Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Uh this is like this one uh the the um unfairness of of the narrative's universe is feels act, like... it's actually really strong. It, it's like the mist yeah. or really any other Frank Darabont. They they put a lot of time into building likable characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then murdering them horribly. And then killing them, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, so later on that night, uh, our elderly transient uh, witnesses what appears to be a meteor crash to Earth. Yep. Fun time. Uh, and goes to investigate. And uh, when he pokes it with a stick, a mysterious blob latches onto the end of it. Um, hey, we know what the movie's title is. This looks like some kind of blob. This is the monster. We are, what? 12 to 15 minutes in this movie also we're, we're like i think we're actually like 20 minutes close to like 20 or 30 minutes in yeah. at this point yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah spent a lot of time with the characters in the beginning yeah yeah good point but 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 it, but it, it flies like in comparison mm. to anything in the stuff like the stuff felt like it was five hours long uh, and this is so brief and like smart and quick and well to- told that I was actually mm. kind of surprised that it had, it had already been like almost mm. a half an hour at this point. It's yeah, it's the same with um, critters. Yes, it has about the <laughs> yeah. same because it's the same sort of small town feel. 
you spend you get a little bit with the critters in the beginning but um there's a good sense of pacing which, where it's introducing like the the farmhouse people mm-hmm. uh, charlie and everybody and then the critters kind of show up halfway through the movie yeah 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 um but uh but yeah essentially it it latches onto the stick and then he goes to investigate and does the the least smart thing you could do with a liquid unknown liquid on the end of a stick which he points the stick up vertically yeah yeah <laughs> uh, god uh, and it just kind of falls down and latches onto his hand completely covering it um uh brian finds him in a in a real state uh out there um and trying you know, to hatch it off his hand yeah yeah exactly you <laughs> We we get a real good like serial killer moment where like this uh this elderly homeless man looms out of the mist with an axe directly <laughs> ne- directly behind Brian. He's like, oh god, as I know he, he's trying to cut his own hand off but can't manage it before the uh the blob inches further down his wrist. Yeah. Um. It moves it moves quickly but slowly because it doesn't move often. But when it does, it's like a little jump kind of thing. Yeah. It's real creepy. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Um, and so, you know, this, this, this poor man doesn't know what's happening to him. He's probably not in the best state mentally before he was attacked by an alien entity of some kind. Uh, and so just, you know, refusing help runs off and Brian chases after him because although he's an outcast, he's not a, you know, completely terrible person. Right. Well, and and, and he just wants to help. They're not mm. friends, but he sees him often enough because he goes out to Yeah, him. yeah ditch school or whatever he's doing mm. yeah make they, sick they, drum, drink beer and and did school mm. that's yeah. what yeah <laughs> you meant to do um so yeah uh brian is chasing him trying to help uh meanwhile meg and paul are driving out for a date night uh brian chases this elderly transient out onto the road where he is promptly hit by paul's car uh you know they immediately assume Paul was just trying to attack the guy, but, you know, he seems mostly fine from the actual being hit by a car thing. He's just really concerned about the thing wrapped around his hand, which is fair. Um, so they, they have to get him to a hospital. You know, quick as you can. Too sweet. And we get to see the glories of the American healthcare system in action. Uh, th- there is one thing that I really want to point <laughs> if you out. Wanted, if you wanted some satire... Yeah, mm, this is... Yeah. yeah, This is some real scathing... <laughs> still applicable satire <laughs> um yeah but uh the thing that i really like about this interaction between uh brian and paul is like they get into like this very like high school boy pissing contest mm. and meg's just like are you done yet because we need to get <laughs> she's just like hospital. shutting it down like that yes. yeah she's yeah. like hey, can you both stop being like idiots because this guy needs help and i'm like oh man best character you're already the be- you're already <laughs> the best character in this movie yeah. put the limos away yeah. boys yeah <laughs> Oh man. Um but yeah, they they make it to the the local it's not really it doesn't feel like a hospital, it feels more like a a, a GP clinic or something because yes. it doesn't have an actual emergency room or anything so they come in with, you know, this elderly man clearly in significant distress with a mysterious liquid corroding his hand slowly. And the nurse is like, "Oh, cool. Which insurance company is he with?" Yeah. <laughs> like, Whoa. 
it's like well we don't know uh we don't have any obviously because we are students um, <laughs> children and yeah, <laughs> yeah and he he is an old homeless man and this like hits a buzzer like cool the doctor's for the patient so uh let's just put him in room three for now <laughs> you'll need to fill out this paperwork <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and you know, at this point uh brian sort of takes off saying hey i came with you uh if you need to know anything else you can you know where to find me yep i'm i'm around town it's not yeah. a big place <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh like yeah, hey there might be questions to ask in the morning but at the moment it's like getting getting late and he has non-delinquent sleeping to do i guess <laughs> Uh, while uh, Paul and Meg stay here and fill out the forms. <laughs> uh, and uh, eventually, Paul uh, goes to, what was it, to get a soda or something for a vending yeah, machine? He did, yeah, he asks, he asks Meg if she wants anything, any any kind of concession while they wait. Mm. <laughs> well, the entire thing, well, yeah. this was their first date, and he's just like, what yeah. a yeah. great first date, huh? <laughs> Could have gone worse. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, it, oh, it will, Cameron. Mm. You know it oh, will yeah. go worse. Oh, I know. Yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he goes to get a soda and notices something weird going on in room three where their their uh, their old homeless friend is. Uh, that he, there's a weird movement going on under his blanket. Like he looks like he's asleep, but he's just kind of thrashing around a bit. Um, and yeah, go, goes in to check on him as any concerned person would. Uh, and he, the homeless man rolls over and is like eyes rolled back. Something's clearly wrong. There's all kinds of body defamation yep. going on. Uh, you know, Paul freaks out. He runs in the next room where the doctor appears to be giving like a psychological counseling session or something. <laughs> at like 10 o'clock you know, at night. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the doctor is so offended someone would barge it he's like there's someone literally dying in the next room you can talk later yep um god uh if that ain't the truth and then you know doctor comes over and the homeless man is perfectly still everything seems fine um which is suspicious because this is an old man who's meant to be in a lot of pain with a very injured hand uh, and they pull back the covers, and he has been completely dissolved from like the mid chest down. Yeah, um, in, he he is a puddle to end all puddles. Yeah, yeah, it is super gross. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad this movie was made in a post thing world. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, Paul super freaks out at this, runs back to the doctor's office and grabs the phone, you know, calls the sheriff's department, tells them to come to the hospital uh, slash clinic, whatever it is. Uh, and in the middle of the call, looks up and the blob drops on top of him. Um, you know, Meg has heard the commotion, goes to check what's going on, and we get what I am pretty sure is the most horrific shot in this film and one of the most horrific shots in film in general which is uh, Paul stuck inside the blob with it, like, stretched back over yep. his face as he melts away. And Jesus. Whew. Practical effects again. Hey, just saying. 
Yeah, it's a real good. It's a real good shot. It's a real good threat established sequence mm. uh, yep. because she then grabs his arm, which is not being in the blob, and tries to pull him out, only to have it just dissolve at the elbow and yeah, tear off. Yeah, yeah, and knock her out because she's pulling so hard that it. Mm. it it, it the the impact of her hitting the wall when it detaches yeah. notches knocks her unconscious. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. God, that is honestly haunting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great for like a comedy horror that it can get that horrific when it has to. Yeah. It, um. Yeah, we, we get this like with Slither. Yes, much later where yeah. it, it toes that line really, really well between some parts are kind. I mean, nothing in this is really funny. Funny, it's it's mm. it's a chuckle, and then you're like, yeah, this is pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a horror movie with elements of humor and comedy rather than a full on hybrid. Yeah, and I think that the comedy works because that breaks up or it it, it alleviates the tension, and then it like lets mm. it just ramp up, and you're going like, well. Who's going to be safe in this? <laughs> right. <laughs> the answer is basically no one. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a it's a really good tone setter because up until this point Paul has been set up to be like a main character antagonist. Nope, he's gone. Like 40 so, minutes in, he's dead. <laughs> 40 yep. minutes what who you thought was your lead is now dead and now no one is safe. He's he's almost the yep. first victim. It's like <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the second victim. <laughs> Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the blob uh, decides to just leave instead of eating Meg. Uh, I mean, I guess it's got things to do. It's got to go grow a bit, you know. So, so I always, <laughs> so I did think about this a lot because, for whatever reason, like, I, because this movie is so like well paced and well thought mm. out and so tight, I'm like, yeah, I bet it has like a a marginal gestation like a d digestion period mm. that it needs yeah. to take care of that it would like it's probably slightly more vulnerable during mm. so it yeah. just kind of stops off and like grows and then goes out to hunt some more I'm like oh yeah okay I believe that it didn't eat her right then because it's like oh I'm an mm. anaconda and I just ate a wildebeest <laughs> It's either that or really likes movement, and she was very still. Still, so, right? I don't know. Yeah. Paul Paul wasn't really moving. He was sitting at a desk. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. And true. we did we did get the wonderful leaves and acid trail. Well, yeah. Maybe, no, no, it leaves oh. and drips, and it should leave a trail, but never does. Like you should always be able to see where it's been mm. because it should just have been melting everything. Yeah, which but. we actually see. In the next we, bit of the yeah, scene. we get yeah. we get a little bit of that, but it's like this melted into a desk, <laughs> like the acid from an alien, mm. and then oh yeah, it should just it's, be leaving that everywhere. Ev oh yeah, like, just absolutely. corrosive. Mm. But no, budget <laughs> budget only goes budget. so far, even though this was ten million as opposed yeah. to the one million. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, uh, nearby up on the bluff overlooking. <laughs> this area of town um proto quagmire who i've been informed is named scott uh is busy being a terrible human being uh he has he has a another high school girl named vicky out on a date um they are having a lot of 
was it? Is, is this raspberry or coolers, essentially? Um, he has a whole setup in the trunk of his car, which I find horrendously disturbing. Yep. So he has the, like, he, he blew all his money on that, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess. Absolutely. He had to bum five bucks from Hall. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, he, he, the boot of his car is like a belt-lined minibar with yeah. a little basketball hoop. It's, it's pretty impressive, uh, <laughs> yeah. albeit very disturbing. Yeah, like, it, 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 he's got all kinds of uh, liquors and alcohols and juices. And yeah, he's and he's, mi- he's mixing vodka and Hawaiian punch, which is yeah. pretty on point for a high school student, so I'll yeah. give him points for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also has a box full of promise rings on chairs. Yeah. Which, uh, like, slightly early in this scene, he's talking to Vic. He's like, hey, come on, I gave you my ring. That means you're my girl, right? It's like, God, dude, how hard are you trying to play this one This one thing? It, it's, it's very bad. Um, there are many undeserved deaths in this film. I will not say his is one of them. His is, is completely <laughs> deserved, and I, I people should cheer when it happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he he goes and he makes a couple more drinks and goes back and Vicky appears to have passed out, which he obviously uses as an opportunity to take advantage of her. Only she's not passed out, she has unfortunately been eaten by the blob, and he in his foolishness becomes a victim to that what a terrible boy. Good God, I'm glad he's gone. Cause yeah. <laughs> I do. I do want to. Uh, I do want to point out that, and it's such a quick shot during it, but mm. it's when it looks like the blob like explodes out of her onto his face. Mm. They literally just flipped the car on its side and poured it down over him. Yeah, to get, to get that shot oh. to look that way. That's um, cool. And it's, that. it's and it's horrifying a... tendrils too. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it you know what i it it you, it's funny like watching this after having watched um uh the color out of space yeah. um when when nick cage picks up that little like amoeba out of the the shower uh mm. drain like i'm just like oh man that just feels like a really smart blob reference right there the way mm. that it wraps it tendrils around its hands and then when he throws it it just slithers down the drain yeah I'm like, maybe. um but yeah there's so much yeah it, once again practical <laughs> effects in the and also we need to talk about that the blob is really disgusting and like the mm. way that it moves yeah is is cool. really unpleasant because it does actually feel fleshing like it's mm. it's protoplasm, but it also like kind of has this weird feeling of musculature because it doesn't just like drip down uh, into something because then it goes into the enters the sewer system after mm. uh, the death of Proto Quagmire. But it like it feels like it has to like push itself through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it uses it like pseudopods and kind of moves mm. more than just a lump of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also during the scene you can tell exactly when the blob arrives because it does actually burn its way through the grass nearby. Yes. Which was a nice little touch. Uh, shame they can't do it for every single set, but they could do it there at least, which was cool. Um, yeah, uh, after all this has happened, the police obviously have some questions. They also obviously 
do not believe Meg when she says a blob fell on my boyfriend and ate him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just like uh, so I was I was getting primed for the really annoying like um nobody believes anybody uh hmm. which they actually kind of managed to sort of subvert but I'm just like dude th- like his hand wasn't severed it wasn't like mm. uh, an axe murderer came and cut off his his hand at, at the elbow his arm at the elbow it's mm. th- clearly like acid burns and like, <laughs> <corroded>. <laughs> like yeah yeah hey you know they're not paid to know about those kind of things this is the 80s forensic right. science wasn't much of a thing 80s in a small <laughs> town yeah 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 um, and hey, why would they bother thinking about that when they have prime suspect number one, Brian Flagg, to interrogate? Yep. The, this this punk, of course he'd murder the only old man in town who liked him and also attack another boy his age viciously and terribly. I, I, um, I, just, I just like <laughs> that they're like, oh, no more juvie for you. And I'm like, what has he done in, like, what has he done in his short criminal history that would give you any indication that he would just murder two people at random. (laughs) Uh, You don't get it. He's the bad seed. He's the only one in town who could possibly do such a horrible crime. Not like those good boys on the football team. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, he he is suspect number one. The sheriff is actually somewhat reasonable about this. Is like, listen, Brian's a troubled kid and definitely definitely does like the vandalism and the stealing and stuff like that but he's not like a psycho murderer or anything <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly <laughs> uh whereas one of the one of the deputies is very clearly in the i hate this kid camp yeah <laughs> doing everything short of actually attacking him <laughs> he's just been dealing with him for years yeah and yeah. is a massive jerk Absolutely. The, yeah. At least, um, at least the main, like the sheriff, I guess. Um, mm. th- he's pretty reasonable about everything, despite yeah. also like taking the Mick out of flag earlier. Mm. Yeah, he's he's less malicious about it. Like he's still, you know, not and, not. A, and it's not a late, and it's been a day, and they have yeah, no evidence. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are they gonna do? Yeah. Uh, so that they turn, turn loose. loose. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it turns out Meg was just about to come pay his bail if he needed it with her with uh, her JCPenney's card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like that. That before that, we get the 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 scene sequence with Meg where her mother comes in, and it's oh, the eighties. So yeah. uh, so obviously, oh, you've had a hard day, honey. Here, have one of my sleeping pills because eighties. <laughs> um, and I, I like she's like yeah uh, she's like oh just go to sleep honey everything will be okay and Meg's so like mommy's yeah, you don't... yeah 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 like like <laughs> yeah so you do, you also don't believe me even though I totally saw what I saw fine I'll take mm. your sleeping pill and mm, water and hey well she palmed it she once again yeah. uh. Uh, faked faked out her mom and and then uh, scampers off into the night because she this is a proactive character. <laughs> yep, she she's got the means and the motivation. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, uh, so she, yeah, she tracks down Brian, as you know, the only other person to have any interaction with the blob part of the terrible events of that night. Uh, and he, meanwhile, is just tired and hungry and pops into a local diner that is shut, but appears to house the one other person in town who likes him. <laughs> uh, who is uh, Debbie something? something, something. She, she's the lady who runs, like, you know, Fran. The, Fran. Yeah, Fran. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Run runs the uh runs the tables. Buses the tables. That's the words. I can I can do words. Um, <laughs> and she makes him a sandwich. Uh, you know, it's like you know we're closed, but here have a sandwich. Might give you some dessert later. Uh, and Meg tries to convince Brian, hey, there's a crazy blob thing attacking people, and he just wants to know what she's on. Which yep. is fair. <laughs> um yeah uh but and she you know gets real angry and tries to leave but the doctor yeah. the front door is already locked which is weird <laughs> um uh and yeah. then she kind of like goes back and he's like see and he's like man what was that like saying shit mm. <laughs> what was that <laughs> like for you and I'm like, oh, yeah. that's actually kind of a nice little icebreaker because, you know, she's the, the perfect uh, cheerleader, mm. prom yeah. queen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they get, they get a little bonding going. Um, while he still doesn't quite believe her on the whole blob thing, you know, like, the, the, he understands something definitely went down, um, at which point... <laughs> Fran is uh, out back in the kitchen, uh, or rather taking their, their plates back out to the kitchen where uh, there's a guy doing the dishes, and uh, the sink's real clogged. He's just got to got to get his arm down deep enough in there, and no, he's no, still still further down, still further down. Uh, pulls out like a glob of something, and then a a the blob just projects itself up out of the sinkhole like a like a massive arm grabs him by the head and pulls him. Head first down a standard sized sinkhole. Yeah. Uh, sinkhole? Drain. Um, <laughs> it, again, terribly brutal. It is real bad. Ooh. It's a, it's a real it, yeah. It, every 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 way that everyone gets this in this movie is the worst way you could possibly get it in, in, mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is uh, it is real gosh. not great, especially when the pipe distends the drain mm. pipe that stands and mm. blood shoots out of that. Yeah, it's real. Ugh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That, and then yeah. like you like foot, arm, leg. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That is <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's like uh, like once again, the thing gets a lot of credit for like its body horror. Um mm. but man, like like it this feels like a a a a very noticeable step up to like let's just break the human form in like a, yeah like in horrific ways um yeah yeah oh um but yeah uh meg and brian bear witness to this and hide <laughs> themselves away in the diner's walk-in refrigerator slash walk-in freezer uh while fran breaks a window to get out um the blob tries to get into the into the freezer and turns out it really doesn't like the cold. It literally crystallizes um, when it gets too cold. Uh, and so it said decides to go after Fran, who has run off to the uh, local payphone, shut herself up in there, and is calling the sheriff's department uh, for um, the sheriff to come pick her up. Because 
hey, he showed some interest in her early in the film. Maybe he'd come help her out here. Uh, and she gets it extremely badly uh, because as the blob slowly envelops the the uh, the telephone box, uh, the secretary at the, at the sheriff's station gets back and says, well, he went down to the diner, but I haven't heard from him since. And yeah. we see his we see his half melted corpse just kind of trapped against the glass, and then the glass breaks. And yeah, oh yeah, real bad, real, real bad. bad for real <laughs> bad for characters that didn't deserve it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, like man, like God. like once again, like these are all characters that you would expect to survive and like help the protagonists out, but nope, they're just gone. You they yeah. they leave this film or written. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, the blob then makes its way down at the sewers. The the reverend, the local the local priest, sees this happen. Uh, goes to investigate after Megan Bryan have left the refrigerated area and picks up a few of those crystals in a little glass jar because they look interesting. Yeah. Uh, boy. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Megan Bryan go down to the go down to the police station asking for an officer of any kind. None of them are in, but uh, the last they heard, Officer Briggs, the guy who really hates Bryan, uh, was down where uh, where that meteor thing crashed. Uh, and they get there and they find it. Hey, it's a full-on federal operation all of a sudden. There's guys in, uh, you know, biohazard gear, doing all kinds of tests, setting up all kinds of things. Um, we get introduced to Doctor Meadows, uh, who says, "Hey, this is some kind of alien thing that's clearly cr- crashed to Earth. Uh, so we got to take care of this. Get in this unmarked van." Yep. <laughs> We're putting the whole town in quarantine, so we'll just take you back to town so you can be with everyone else. And I like um, that. I like how Brian does the stink test for this, which is like, oh no, I got mm. my motorcycle's just literally over the ridge. We'll just ride back to town, and then a bunch of of hazmat suited guys with AK forty sevens block your path. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, there you go. Now yeah. you know what the what what's what the score is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I've been I've been on, waiting on for way. this my whole life. Says the yeah. scientist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you did a real yeah. bad job preparing for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so he Meadows describes it as like a bacteria or a virus of some kind that's mutated as it's just become a living organism of some kind. It's weird. It's a weird alien thing, man. I don't know what what to do with this. I'm just a poor government worker trying my best to contain this. <laughs> yeah, I, I've right. done no wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um on the way back to town, uh Brian picks the lock on the back of the van and just literally jumps out. because uh, someone's gotta take care of him and if no one else is gonna do it, he'll take care of himself. I um I, I really like yeah. that that this is like the third act breakup moment between Brian mm. and and Meg, like in this movie like it this is literally like a third act breakup of like man yeah we just leave okay you're not gonna leave because you care about your family what a loser mm. i'm out and i'm like what a weird like like vaguely romantic comedy like third act breakup <laughs> moment in in this in this really horrific horror film yeah <laughs> um but yeah meg's taken back to the town hall where she meets up with her parents and finds out that her younger brother kevin's missing 
his his friend Eddie's mom comes along. He's like, "Hey, where's Eddie? He was with you guys, right?" He's like, "Nope." Uh, the two of them, the old bait and switch, <laughs> old bait and switch. They went off to that horror flick. I'm staying um, over at uh, Eddie's house. Oh, I'm staying over at Billy's house. <laughs> um, and up on London, this Meg manages to slip away and makes a break for the theater, which is not yet being like sorted by this uh, this armed unit of biohazard specialists, <laughs> this BSAA. Um, <laughs> yeah once again like this really feels like resident evil 2 at this point it feels yeah. like umbrellas come in under false pretenses <laughs> is like telling everyone to like just relax just relax we've got it all under control blah 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 mm-hmm. so yeah how did they get here so fast <laughs> mm, it's suspicious uh, and we get the we get the movie theater scene, which is lots of fun because we get to see literally just a just a take on Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awfully late to be trimming the hedges. <laughs> I really, I really love when when a movie will commit to doing a fake movie in in mm. itself like this because it's so like because um. <laughs> Because it, it actually caught me off guard because I was just like, oh, here's just a random couple of teenagers that the blob's going to kill. That seems mm. weird and weird and like not at all like the rest of this movie uh, because these characters haven't been established. Oh, this is the movie inside of the movie. You actually yeah. tricked me. C- congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin and Eddie are having a great time watching their R-rated movie. As like ten yeah. year olds, yep. Um, With the entire know, rest I mean, of the town, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Um, and uh, yeah, the the blob makes its way in through the ventilation. It gets the projectionist first. Oh yes. man, the project oh, that that the projectionist effect. And so I I kind of love that they cast like a really interesting looking guy as mm. the pro- projectionist cuz then when 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 the usher comes in and sees him half dissolved on the ceiling you get like some real like hardcore feature <laughs> d- mm. uh, like distension for yeah. for the practical effects and yeah the blob just it, it explodes out of the projection booth and starts yeah. eating everyone <laughs> yep yeah, and I think uh, that that was one of the cool. criticisms uh, afterward was that just logist or not logist, uh, logically due to the blob's weaknesses with the AC running full blast, it shouldn't have been in the vents because it should have been too cold for it. But mm-hmm. yeah, here we go. We wouldn't we wouldn't have yeah. giant theater scene from demons oh, yeah. happening again. Yeah, <laughs> God. Yeah, the, this this strobing effect here is yeah. It was a lot. I I was watching this on my it phone and going like, man, this is this is a lot of strobe. <laughs> it's intense. I'm glad I'm not epileptic. Um, yeah, uh, um, yeah, and 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 it also really makes the scene like really unpleasant too because mm. uh, you mentioned Cameron how the yep. the blobs like uh, it moves it moves slow until it moves fast but it's fast yeah. is like super jerky so it mm. feels like it could literally just like like whip around somebody oh, between yeah. the flashes of the strobe <laughs> um, yeah it's super creepy <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, but uh, Meg manages to rescue Kevin and Eddie. Uh, Kevin is just barely rescued as Chekhov's zipper comes in <laughs> and just gets him jammed in a door. Yep. Uh, but she she manages to rescue him, uh, but they're cornered in an alley and have nowhere to go but down, so down into the sewers they go. Um, meanwhile, Brian's back at the media site trying to figure out what to do, I guess, now that he's on his own, and uh, here's uh, Dr. Meadows talking about how he does actually know what the blob is. It's a biological weapon from the Cold War that recently fell out of orbit, and this is the town they're testing it on, essentially. Yeah. Like, it's here, we might as well just lock the town up and see what happens. And see, this is, this is, this feels like prime umbrella, like, stupid nonsense Mm. to me. Of like, man, this thing doesn't actually have any kind of applicable military application that would be of any use to us. Man, we should turn this into a biological weapon, because then we'll (laughs) control the power of, of, of the global stage. And I'm like, this is stupid. This is a bad idea. <laughs> you can see how bad an idea this is. You don't yeah. even know what its weaknesses are. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, or exactly. how to contain it or like really yeah. any, any, you don't even know what it looks like. You have no idea yeah. about anything that there's, it crashed down and is somewhere in the town doing something. That's, yep. yeah. that's very nebulous yeah, exactly. and no way to do an experiment. Nope. <laughs> nope. And it's uh, not like a, contained at all because there's an open sewer system. It could have gone anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Um, yeah, uh, Meadows decides to trap it in the sewer system. They'll close it off as best they can. It's like, oh, but there are civilians there. It's like, oh, they're expendable. Yep. This, this is our big shot of beating the Ruskies in the 80s. So, yeah, fair, I guess. Um uh, Brian's discovered listening in and gets his motorbike and does six stunts to escape. Does a big <laughs> jump. Very cool. Super pan off there. Um, meanwhile, Meg, Kevin, and Eddie are fleeing through the sewers until the blob gets Eddie. Unfortunately, that terrible little child is God. Um, yeah, just the, yeah, just straight up like blinking, you'll miss it. Dead kid in your horror film, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like straight up. It does happen. Straight up taboo territory. And, and he comes back for the two seconds of even worse, like, melted dead child. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty rough. <laughs> um, Kevin manages to escape uh, by getting through essentially, like, a storm drain grate, uh, but Meg can't quite squeeze through it. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not buying it, but... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> because that wasn't the grate, that was just, like, the railing, and she clearly could have, like, Mm, there. Yeah, she said that she couldn't make it. She yeah. said she couldn't make it, and then she doesn't even <laughs> slip. She like throws herself backward off the thing. Mm. Oh yeah, the but the pool where the blob was like two seconds ago. Yeah, and but they're the, very but huge. The, but the mm. but the hazmat guys they shot they at shot it for two at seconds. It. Yeah, and it it made it angry. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually funny, Dave, because I, I I actually like that she threw herself off because I felt like it would have taken more time for her to climb down. And she's like, I just gotta get away now. Like, mm. yeah, it's not great for for because uh, because you never actually see where the blob goes. Uh, but I actually just like the point of like, yeah, let's just save some time. Splash. Okay, I gotta flee now. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, she bumps down into bumps uh bumps into Brian, and a a surviving member of the containment team down in the sewers, uh, and they all go to make their escape. Uh, except for alas, poor uh, alas, poor um, what's his face? Whoever he is, containment team guy. Yeah, I don't really care about him. Um, <laughs> uh, Meadows seals it off with them, like clearly, like three seconds away from being able to get out, and parks a truck on top of the man cover. <laughs> I I I really like the detail of them parking the truck on it because I'm like, yeah, you could just probably like I know I know that manhole covers are not light enough that a a a average strength human being can push it up from below maybe i don't know that i don't know maybe but you're definitely not (laughs) when meg pulled it and just like chucked it like no you you (laughs) mean like there's a there's a tool that you have to like the big hook to lift it and i've lifted one of those and they're really heavy they're not meant to be (laughs) moved like easily no yeah uh but but fortunately uh but it was fine yeah Yeah. but i like that but i like them parking a truck on it just like just in case yeah, yeah, put the, put the yeah. tire on there. You ain't, you ain't moving that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, fortunately, uh, unnamed goon in a hazmat suit also has like a grenade launcher, <laughs> and so just blows the truck and the manhole cover both uh, completely into the air. And it doesn't uh, kill everyone below escape. with the back blast. Yeah, or the sewer yeah. gas, or who knows what's it's miraculous. It is. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, uh, Brian at this point really leaned into the hero, confronts Meadows in front of the entire town <laughs> in a in a big standoff yep. um, of, hey, you're just experimenting on all of us, you made this thing, etc, etc. Like, how did you get here so fast? Huh? How did I know <laughs> where to show up? Huh? Uh, and Meadows tries to shoot him and uh, angers the blob with his loud noises and is dragged down to sh- into the sewer, at which point the military head of this operation just grabs a bunch of guys and says, scrag him, and presumably just shoot the hell out of Meadows down in this open sewer hatch. <laughs> uh, I do lo- I love, I love that Meadows gets the death that we, ever since we saw the hazmat suits, uh, mm. we're all oh god, to yeah. Where yeah. the blob just goes up through it. Yep, and yeah. covers his face, and I'm like, and then I really love like the 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 uh, wavy inflatable two man like flailing <laughs> that the dummy does before it's dragged into the manhole. Yeah, and like he does great. a little he does a little little Ooh. dance before <laughs> he he's devoured. Mm, yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, they they make it pretty angry by doing this, and it yep. explodes out of the ground, becomes a big big end of video game monster, <laughs> um, <laughs> just just eating everyone. Uh, yep. you know most of the town barricades themselves up in the town hall. Uh, the reverend is out on the street preaching that it's the end of the world, uh-huh. which fair. Um, <clears throat> uh, before God. before he turns into Two Face. Yep, yep, gets set on fire when uh, they try to light it up with a flamethrower, and it turns out it just grows towards sources of intense heat. <laughs> Who could have guessed? Um, and it turns out if you hit it with something cold enough, and apparently CO2 extinguishes a cold, and I don't think that's the truth, uh, <laughs> it'll drive it back at the very least. Um, 
so the, yeah, the survivors are holding it back with a furniture barricade and as many fire extinguishers as they can find in the town hall. Which is like three. Uh, and Brian, which is <laughs> yeah. like three, yeah. Uh, and Brian decides to be a big damn hero and goes get the, goes to get control of the snowmaker truck and begins dowsing it with, with uh, artificially produced snow. When it gets angry about this and knocks the truck over, who's going to save the day? It's our real hero, Meg. Yep. Yeah. Grab a satchel charge, run over to that canister of liquid nitrogen, and just slap that baby on there. That's right. Uh, press, press the one button to set it. <laughs> yeah. My, my my favorite thing about this, though, and it's the th- it's it really it did like legitimately make me happy, which is like the first time she pulls the trigger on that that AK forty seven. She's just mm. fucking spraying. No, I mean she, she's she is the entire even even when she figures out like how it works it's mm. still not in her control so she's just like it, the recoil is just dragging it up <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's good yeah. it's a good good shot it's very good um yeah but uh brian manages to help her get away after her shoe gets caught on a hose um yeah and they blow up the blob with a whole bunch of liquid nitrogen it just kind of turns into a field of amethysts <laughs> yeah <laughs> That have a, uh, a cosmic sparkle to them. And they store the rest of it in the town ice house before it melts. Because <laughs> uh, there's no real conclusion as what to, as to what happens with it from there. But hey, the day is saved. It's wonderful. It's in the, it's in the ice house forever. Yeah, in the ice house forever. Just never. The leave town. Power. The town's secret. Never. Yes. <laughs> we got a lot of we got a lot of backup Jennies for this place. Mm, yeah. Um. And then in the aftermath, sometime later, uh, in a tent, uh, <laughs> yeah. the reverend the reverend is churching uh, the reverend is churching. He's preaching his end of days <laughs> prophecy about the blob. And uh, at the after the sermon, one of his uh, one of his parishioners comes and asks, "Well, when, reverend? When is the rapture coming?" Like, oh, soon. The Lord will give me a sign, and the blob is now active uh, inside that little glass jar. He stored some of it in. He's ready to unleash it upon the world, uh, which I think is a great stinger because it sets up such a good idea for a villain. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that is the Blob, uh, 1988. It is such a good movie. It's a so really good, good movie. <laughs> it's very good. It's it has it takes place over one night and you get a lot of things happening. There's no crazy transitions and mm. it's a solid you know what's coming aside from like who is more sacrificial than others uh, mm. which is a nice yeah. subversion. And for 95 it's a tight 95 minutes. It doesn't mm. overstay oh, its welcome. Super tight. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it holds it up. The special working. effects hold up really, really well because, again, practical mm. effects are king. Yep. Yep. And the soundtrack is really good, too. It's very, it's very subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real. It, 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 like, uh, it, it should be. I really think it should be uh, 
less of a cult classic and more of a classic classic because it's a mm. real good film, especially for like a remake of The Blob, which everyone at that point, even as a kid, I was like, uh, that's kind of hokey and goofy and like mm. not scary in the least. Like I had seen yeah. the original Bob and I'm like, I get it from an intellectual standpoint, but I still think it's goofy. Like this is the, <laughs> this is how you like, this is how you transition that, that story into a new era. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Hey, if you've listened to us ramble on about it this long and you haven't actually watched it, Go watch it. There's so much stuff to enjoy in there that we didn't actually touch on. Yep. Uh, it is it is a treat visually, narratively, um, thematically. It, it hits all the notes. It's really, really good. Um, and uh, and I just once again want to really highlight, like, Meg is a really good, like, mm. female protagonist for yeah. a horror movie. She is super proactive and on top of it and figuring stuff out and like doing the work <laughs> throughout yeah. this entire she, film. Yeah, she, and she's allowed to like make mistakes and move on from them. Yep. Mm. Like, yes, there's consequences involved, but it's, it's not just her doing the thing. It's every, everything else is like chaotic. So that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But she's a very likable hero. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So that was the stuff and the blob, uh, two very similar but very different movies. Um, it has been such a pleasure to talk about these. I had a great time with this. Um, before we sign off completely, uh, where can we find people on the internet? Dave, lead us off. You can find me on Twitter primarily at sentinot underscore plus. Uh, any back episodes of the show on at um, monster deer dot monster. Leonard, how about yourself? Leonard. Uh yes, you can find me on Twitter as well at Dr. Faust is dead. You can also find my video essay work on YouTube by searching Dr. Faust is Dead. Uh, reminder, I have finally <laughs> released my latest video. It's yeah. real good. I think everyone should watch it. I'm super proud of it. Um, and Cameron, where can people mm. find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, for cat pics, what's going on down under in Australia, uh, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, yeah, and uh, you can also, as we said, find the podcast Twitter at mon underscore demonster uh, for, you know, tweeting out when we have episodes uploaded and uh, all kinds of things. You can also contact us there if you have any ideas for future shows that you'd like us to do or things you'd like us to consider or cover. Uh, we love to hear feedback as well. And with that, this episode draws to a grisly, slimy conclusion. Thank you very much for listening. We hope to see you in the next episode. And good night. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.